You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey folks, it's your host Mike White here with a special episode of the Projection Booth. It is an interview with the childlike empress herself from the never-ending story, Ms. Tammy Stronach. From what I understand, you were born in Tehran, so I'm curious where you grew up at and how you kind of made the, well, I don't want to say transition into acting, but how you got involved in acting. Yes, I was born in Tehran, Iran. My parents were working there as archaeologists, so my father is Scottish and my mother's Israeli, and they were both doing a lot of digging in Iran on dig sites. So I grew up in the British Institute in Tehran and on dig sites around the country. And then for your second part of the question, how did I transition into acting or become involved in acting? We left Iran in 79. Um, There was a, a revolution then, and so we left and we kind of bounced around the globe a bit. We were living in Israel, where my mother is from, and then we went to England for a short period of time. And then we came to America. So it's a little bit interesting in the sense that I think... Some people have asked me about my accent in The Neverending Story, and it is a sort of somewhat British accent becoming Americanized. <laughs> it sort of lands somewhere in the mid-Atlantic because um, I was, in fact, um, between those cultures. Uh, and then we finally settled in Berkeley when I was nine, and I loved acting and singing and dancing, and pretty much that was my through line for me. Even though we moved a lot and we lived in a lot of different countries, one way that I always knew that I was home was the minute I walked into an artistic studio, whatever it was, dancing, acting, singing, that's when I felt that I was home no matter where I was, and that kind of uh, kept me grounded through a lot of different transitions. And so I was discovered in acting class and asked audition for the film. And what was that experience like for you? I mean, this is a pretty big role for somebody who hadn't really, had you been in a lot of things at that point? No, no. I mean, I hadn't, I, I had not didn't understand really what I was signing up for at all. Uh, I'd done just, you know, community theater, and I was performing in a in a troupe that went around to local schools with other children. I'd absolutely been consistently performing. But in some ways, you know, there's something really lovely about being a kid in the sense that you don't really have a sense of what's a big deal and what isn't a big deal. You You kind of have some wonderful, fantastical thing to immerse yourself in, and you just... You just do it, whether it's at home in your living room for your (laughs) mom and your five friends or whether it's on a set. I mean, I think for me, I was hugely surprised at at how much sticking power the film had and very happily surprised by it. But as a child, we flew off to the Bavarian studios in Germany for a summer, and I didn't really understand the magnitude of what I was doing. I saw Neverending Story right around the same age that you made Neverending Story. And yeah, it was a, a just a fantastic film to see at that age. And I can't imagine what it must have been like to make that. I'm curious, what was it like working with Wolfgang Peterson? It was wonderful. It was thrilling. A good director is, is everything. They're the ones that see the whole picture and have a nuanced understanding of how you fit into a larger whole. So that steady guiding hand of a good director is really is is really what makes believing the situation so much easier if if they're bringing you into that scene and bringing you into that moment effectively and he really was very in a wonderful way demanding you know he he didn't treat me like a child or somebody who 
he would have to sort of say it too in a different tone of voice. (laughs) Like he really spoke to me like I was an actor who had a job to do and he had a lot of intensity and expectation and I loved it. I loved being treated like I was a smart, capable human being as opposed to a child. I mean, I think sometimes we underestimate kids and and they really want to participate as fully as they can in things. What did the film do for you as far as your career went? I really love telling stories. I love music. I love dance. I love all kinds of different things. And I chose to walk away from celebrity after the film because I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to know how to navigate celebrity very effectively. And I think the 80s was also a a particular time in Hollywood for, for child actors that wasn't the easiest waters to kind of steer yourself through. So it was an incredible experience, and I just loved it. And I feel like in many ways it left this huge residue in my bones. Like I now I'm really interested in coming back to family-based projects, and I've been doing a lot of theater in New York that is sort of family-friendly, which reminds me a lot of my start in The NeverEnding Story. I'm also putting a lot of puppetry in some of the works that I'm making, and it occurred to me the other day, I was like, oh my gosh, there's all these puppets in this never-ending story. So I feel like it left a huge impression on me, but more so through its message of do what you dream, don't be afraid, be authentic. And then obviously, for my own sense of just wanting to guide my life and a little bit be more in charge. I like being a director. I like being uh, behind the scenes as well as in front of the scenes. So it made sense for me at that time to kind of move into dance. And then I ended up making dance theater in New York for the last 20 years with my company. I'm also a professor of dance. And then with the birth of my daughter, I've sort of suddenly caught the acting bug again. It's coming back strong. (laughs) And I'm starting to make uh, family-friendly shows and also some digital content. And that's been really fun. It's, uh, you know, we talked about art being a kind of home. It was I moved around as a kid and coming back to theater and family-friendly projects with a lot of fantasy elements and sci-fi elements. It also kind of feels like a coming home. Well, I'm curious about some of the other movies that you've done. I know you did one in 2008 and one in 2017. Well, that's this year, but it should be coming out pretty soon. Are these, um, like, uh, they look like they're Czech productions, is that right? Well, um, yeah, for the most part, I would say my acting career has been uh, in the in New York Live and the New York stage. I was with a theater company called The Flying Machine, and we did um, four original productions that um, were housed at Soho Repertory Theater in Manhattan, and then they toured uh, domestically across the U.S., um, and I was with them for seven years. So I was acting quite a bit uh, through my 30s, but all of it was live. And then um, the Czech film was actually, I signed on as the site choreographer for that. <laughs> and it was just really fun because I had never done anything like that. I'd choreographed many, many dances and musical theaters and, you know, stuff like that. But they wanted me to choreograph some fight scenes and a group dance. Um, and so I flew on in and I did that. And it was um, really exciting. I was working with stuntmen, flips. And it was it was kind of an interesting new way to utilize choreography. Um, but I don't speak Czech, so I'm really happy in the film. They stuck me in w- w- one scene uh, just for fun, and you know, <laughs> I wouldn't really call that um, my return to acting. Um, 
The work I was doing in New York with these theater companies was much more substantive. And then I am off to shoot a, uh, a indie film in two days. Is that the film you're referring to, the 2017 film? I don't even know which film you're referring to. Oh, I was referring to uh, Postlenizi Aproveru. You like that one? <gasps> Got it. Yes. So Aproveru is the, is the uh, film that I did the fight scene for. Um, I did a, a, a small special in the Czech Republic where I was a, a doll. It was, uh, again, a little bit more of a movement role. But, yeah, I've sort of been creeping back into acting. <laughs> and I'm actually off to do a short, uh, a short part in an indie film coming up. So um, I've been looking at scripts and I've been thinking about, honestly, I recently went to a Comic-Con I wasn't doing them for a long time, but with the birth of my entertainment company, Paper Canoe Company, that's geared towards family entertainment, I thought, well, you know, it might be good to go to Con. Maybe people who enjoyed seeing me in The NeverEnding Story have kids now. I have kids now. Like, maybe their kids would want to see what Paper Canoe's making. And also, I was lured with the prospect of maybe even seeing Noah Hathaway at one of them and having a cup of coffee after 30 years. And I was like, oh, that sounds really fun. And I was so surprised at how many people still have affection for the film and just how much support uh, people were extending towards me, people going online, telling me they've watched my dances. And I just suddenly felt like really excited and grateful to engage again with the NeverEnding Story, with all the opportunity that it, it provided for me and also you know, when you have that many people rooting for you going like, so when are you going to be in another movie? <laughs> I'm doing my best to, uh, to, to, to give people what they want. I'm sure you've been asked this a thousand times, so pardon me for making a thousand and one. Did anybody approach you for the sequels to NeverEnding Story? The sequels were part of the initial contract. There was an option to sign on to the sequels during the first film during the signing of the contract for the first film. Given the fact that I really didn't come from a showbiz family, and we really weren't uh, trying to sort of build any kind of career for me as a child, it was really just approached as like, let's have this fun experience and go to Germany and eat cool German food and, <laughs> you know, have, have a European experience. We, uh, we opted not to sign on to sequels. How are you finding time to balance all this stuff that you're doing? I mean, you're talking about indie films. You're still doing the, uh, I imagine, the choreography, the dance. You've got a daughter. I mean, this sounds like no, four full-time jobs. It's totally bananas. It is. It's completely bananas. I'm living in Brooklyn, and New Yorkers are crazy. We're just bananas is what we are. And I don't recommend it, but it's really fun. <laughs> It's partly just also choosing seasons. Like my dance show has a season, and so I immerse myself in that for a couple months. And then, you know, when we're doing paper canoe stuff, and I think also what I'm really curious about doing at this moment in my life is bringing all the things I'm passionate about under one umbrella because I've been doing, as you say, a lot of different things. And I think with Paper Canoe Company, it's kind of an opportunity to like bring all the chicks into the basket and kind of hold them there. <laughs> so I can be a mom and I can share the material that we're making with my daughter and we can practice the songs in the living room and she can sing them. And there's a way that the work that I'm doing and my family life are integrated that feels really special and authentic to like this moment in my life. And I was really looking for that, the way to kind of tie. Uh, and I think, you know, different seasons of your life, you want 
you want different things. And I'm just really in love with being a mom. It's just such an amazing experience. And so telling really nourishing stories to my daughter and her friends is, is really where my heart is. And so extending that outward to a larger community feels really uh, fun. If you don't mind me asking, how old is your daughter now? My daughter is six. So, I mean, I'm trying to stop her from growing. I don't know how. I just keep smushing her down. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but she keeps growing. She must love the stuff that you're doing. I mean, just looking at some of the things on papercanoecompany.com, it's just like, this looks so fun. She she really does have it made. I mean, her life is super fun. She's like in the studio with dancers swirling her around in the air and then she comes to the theater and everyone high fives her and you know with our really little show for for younger audiences the sock puppet show um she announces the show which is her big moment and um we're doing some music videos in the coming months and she's going to be in some of those and so um yeah she's having she's having a lot of fun oh that's fantastic well tammy thank you so much for your time today Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for, for being interested in what I'm up to and for giving me the opportunity to talk about the never-ending story. And I just wanted to say to your listeners that if people want to check out what I'm up to, the best way to do it is on my website for papercanoecompany.com. And we just released a new CD based on the story of Jack and the Beanstalk with a girl meets boy twist. And we sing it all the time. And if people want to check it out, they can go hear it on Bandcamp.
to 